MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Josh, when I think of pro football betting, I'm inspired to think of poetry. What about you? Oh, I don't know if it's the first thing I think of, Ron, but I love it. I took a poetry class at the University of Vermont, um, and I want to hear, hey, where are, you, where are you going with this, Ron? Well, Vermont, wow. I, well, maybe you're far more qualified to talk about this than I, but really, when I think about football, the autumn wind is like chalk, blustering in from the books. With a rollicking song, he can make you go wrong, swaggering just like a crook. His pockets are lined with your money, and he'll leave you having no fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. You better believe I can steal poetry and turn it around just for our purposes, just like anybody, like a bad student auditing a class at the University of Vermont, or a graduate like Josh, here on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting, the VSIN podcast. Ron Flatter, Josh Applebaum. Okay, Josh, uh, you know, I don't know that you would ever say that I did anything but audit that class, if anything. Uh, D minus or an F? Uh, Ron, I'd give you a good grade on that, uh, Professor Flatter. Yeah, no, that was that was good, Ron. Made, made me I think stole, of the Raiders, watching NFL films. It. I love it. I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, today we're talking the NFL, Ron, and I'm excited because the NFL is the most popular sport overall. It generates the... Highest ticket counts, the most recreational action from uh, average Joes, the sharpest amount of action from professional bettors, and really it's just the most popular sport overall. So when you're a new sports better, this is really the sport you typically get your feet wet in first. It's the most fun sport to bet on, but it's also one of the most difficult sports to bet on because uh, the odds makers are so good, in, so good at setting lines for the NFL that it's a hard market to beat because the numbers are very tight. Typically, games land very close to the spread or the total, but that doesn't mean you can't win. And today, we're really going to provide a lot of tips, strategies, 
betting systems for our VEASAN listeners to uh, get their feet wet in the NFL. And even if you're a sharp guy, a couple tips that maybe you haven't heard of before. So uh, excited to talk NFL with you today, Ron. Some of the terminology and the history of NFL betting, you may be wondering, how did we get to this point in the 21st century? Well, you go back to the early 20th century for the birth of a man who really was at the root of all of this, and that would be Charles McNeil, but we should also mention names like Bob Martin and also a guy named Jimmy Snyder who went by a more familiar name. Yeah, Ron, really, these are the goats. we got to pay homage to uh, the Mount Rushmore wise guys of all time. So Charles McNeil, got to start with him. He created the point spread, so really revolutionized gambling. He actually taught JFK uh, in, uh, in school. He was a math genius, math teacher back in Connecticut, and then he went to Chicago. Uh, and he loved gambling and really created the point spread, changed everything. And that's how betting on football is, is uh, so interesting and so fun because typically you're not just betting on who will win, but who will cover. Uh, and then we got Bob Martin, the legendary Vegas bookmaker. He was really known as the gold standard as setting the line. But then Jimmy the Greek, our guy, Ron, you know, he worked with uh, our, uh, our godfather, Brent Musburger of VEASAN on CBS NFL Today. Uh, but let me ask you this, Ron. Here's another pop quiz. Uh, what was the first big bet that Jimmy the Greek made? I know this, and it's something you can't do now because you can't bet on presidential elections, but he found a bookmaker who took the action on the 1948 election. Remember seeing that photograph of Harry Truman holding up the Chicago Daily Tribune with the early edition headline that said Dewey defeats Truman? Well, the Daily Tribune was not alone in thinking that Dewey would be the heavy favorite. But when I heard about the odds on this, when I first heard this story, and as I have lived my life since and come to Las Vegas, I can't believe what a huge underdog that Harry Truman was, and neither could Jimmy the Greek. Yeah, this was crazy, Ron. Uh, talk about cashing a big play here. Uh, Jimmy the Greek bet $10,000 on Harry Truman, 17-1, to 1, which is crazy because oh. today you think, you know, a lot of our elections are very, very close. Short odds, minus 200, plus 150. You know, pretty even odds, uh, whether it's a Democrat or Republican. You know, we, we were a very divided country overall, very uh, even. But, yeah, we, we were able to see Jimmy the Greek cash that huge play. And I love this, Ron. He bet against Dewey because his reasoning, not analytics or data, but, quote, unquote, American women didn't trust men with a mustache. So uh, that's, a, that's a true wise guy right there, Ron. I, I can hear Jimmy the Greek saying it now. American women didn't trust men with a mustache. Uh, by the way, Josh, I met a man at a place called the Beach Cafe on the Upper East Side of New York, and he introduced himself to me, and we were talking for a while, and then he said his name, and I said, wait a minute, Dewey, you look just like, and he said, that was my dad. His son, who at this point, this was going back several years, his son probably about 70 at the time, looked like a gray-haired dead ringer of his dad. And as I looked at him, I couldn't help but stare right through him and see his dad. So sometimes those reminders can hit close to home as it was when I was living in New York. So from that, we spin it way forward. Some of the things that Jimmy the Greek was doing are things that we could be doing as betters when we're handicapping the NFL, and these are characteristics of the game. Yeah, this is a great point, Ron. You know, we're going to talk different uh, betting concepts, learning to read line movement, identify sharp action. But really when you're handicapping a game, you're trying to figure out who's going to win, who's going to cover. Um, Jimmy the Greek revolutionized handicapping, and he put it into 11 different characteristics. So uh, he looked at these were the, his fundamentals, basically. Team speed, running game, discipline, looking at penalties, 
Uh, the home team, the kicking game, special teams, defensive line, secondary, offensive line, quarterbacks, and intangibles. And what he did is he gave between one and three points for each category. For each team, he would add up the points, measure the difference. That gave him his relative point spread of what the game should be. And then you talk about wise guys today, they do a similar thing where, you know, they're usually um, creating their own power ratings uh, and then basically combining, uh, comparing and contrasting different teams to look at what a point spread should be. So if Jimmy the Greek has the Packers should be a seven point favorite, odds makers are, you know, setting the line at six, he sees some value there looking for discrepancies. So Jimmy the Greek really kind of created that model. And then today you have, you know, data driven betters really taking it to the next level. But those are some characteristics that Jimmy the Greek uh, put the most uh, emphasis on when he's when he was capping a game. Where was Lefty Rosenthal's role placed in terms of the history of betting, not just on the NFL, but for that matter, sports betting? And of course, the NFL would be at the root of all of this. Yeah, Ron, one of my favorite movies of all time, Casino, Robert De Niro, uh, Sharon Stone, uh, Joe Pesci. You know, I'm a sucker for all those gambling movies, uh, wise guy movies, but Frankie <laughs> Lefty Rosenthal, Frank Rosenthal, he he really changed everything. The, the NFL betting really exploded in the 70s. That was considered kind of the heyday overall. And that was when basically Rosenthal lobbied and, and kind of convinced Vegas to allow sports betting inside casinos. So he kind of was the godfather of creating sports books as we think of them today. But it's been a big, uh, you know, highs and lows along the way. So that was your heyday. 1992 is a time that as a sports better, uh, we all can't stand. You know, I was uh, I was born in 87. So I was uh, I was five years old at that point, Ron. But the federal ban on sports betting, PASPA, that was passed. That really changed everything. It kind of outlawed betting outside of basically Nevada. That really, you know, stunted the sports betting industry, especially betting on the NFL. That really gave a rise to offshore sports books, global sports books, internet betting. But then today, thank God, Ron, you know, working at VSIN and uh, kind of just the with the way the industry has moved, PASPA overturned the federal ban on sports betting by the Supreme Court in 2018. We have nearly half the country with legalized sports betting, more than 20 states overall. So it's a great time with so many new bettors wanting to bet for the first time. We got to give them tips. We got to give them strategies. We got to help them to turn a profit in the NFL. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. If you are such a better in one of those new states and the number growing from even the time we were recording this, then why don't we go ahead and plug you in on the tips of NFL betting? And we're actually going to give you a little bit of an advanced lesson at the same time as we give you basics, because we talked about the point spread. And of course, when you see a team on the screen or wherever you see the listings for the bets that you can make on a game, you'll see that a favored team might be minus two and a half, might be minus three and a half. Remember, the favorite is having points taken away in order to try to balance things between the two teams. The underdog would be the team with the plus points. But when we're looking at those and you bet accordingly with those point spreads in mind, there are key numbers to remember when you're betting games. And Josh, why don't you go over why three, seven, 10 are important numbers to pivot. Yeah, these are huge, Ron. So when you're betting on the NFL, the first thing you need to know is you're not too concerned with who's going to win. You you care about who's going to cover. So just like you mentioned, uh, you know, Ron, talking about a team that might be a three-point favorite, minus three. You know, what does that mean? If you bet on them, they have to win by four or more in order, in order for you to win your bet, which would be considered a cover. Uh, you take the dog plus three. They could either win the game straight up lose by two or less, you cover your bet. So it's all about covering. That's all you care about when you're betting NFL. Uh, but mm -hmm. the most important thing here is that 
there are key numbers. And what are key numbers? You always got to have key numbers in the back of your head when you're betting on the NFL because the most common method of scoring is a field goal, which is three points, kicking the, the ball through the uprights. Along with that is a touchdown. So six points plus the extra point, seven points overall. So as a result, you scratch your head and say, man, I see a lot of 20 to 17 games, 24, 21 games, you know, 27, 24, oftentimes where a team is winning by three. That's not a fluke. It's really the truth is that the most common margin of victory is three points because that's the most common way of scoring points overall. So key numbers, three, seven, 10, these are numbers that typically the margins of victory land on when you're betting the NFL. So you always want to be conscious of being on or off a key number. If you're on, if you want to bet the dog, the numbers around three, you would love to get that three and a half. Try to get the hook, that extra half point. That way, if they lose by three, you still cover. Flip side, numbers around three, you would love to get that favorite at minus two and a half. That way, the game lands on three, you're able to cover that bet. So always approach bets not only by capping the game and trying to make the smartest bet you can based on your data uh, and based on your decision making overall. But always be conscious, 3, 7, 10, those are your most common methods of victory, and you always want to be on or off one of those key numbers. And it's important to look during the week. Don't wait until game day necessarily to make that bet. These numbers move all the time. So if you have a number in mind, watch early in the week as the week goes on, and maybe your number will be more favorable as the week goes on as the spread moves. Okay, so with that as a basic, what about some tips, especially when we talk about things like home field advantage or divisional opponents. Yeah, this is also a really key round. You know, we talk about the NFL, it's the most popular sport overall. That means you have a ton of recreational bettors, public bettors. And what do public bettors love doing? They love betting on home teams because they really overvalue home field advantage, team playing in front of their home crowd. So as a result, odds makers typically will award three points for home field advantage. If a team is, um, you know, dead even neutral court or neutral field, it would be a pick em game. If they're dead even, but the home team is at home, it'd be a three-point game. So basically, you're giving three points to the home team. However, a lot of times, you know, recreational bettors overvalue home field. It's real, but it creates uh, a perception of uh, the home team's always going to win. And that really creates a lot of uh, overvaluing of home teams. And as a result, uh, kind of taking a contrarian mindset and leaning on a lot of uh, road teams, especially road underdogs, has a ton of value. So don't play every favorite you see in the NFL, especially at home, Ron. Because the public loves those favorites, love those, loves those home teams. The odds makers set those numbers with that public bias in mind. So mm -hmm. oftentimes you're betting a bad number by always taking that home favorite. Okay, so I mentioned line movement as the spread will change during the week. How do you monitor it, especially in terms of where the professional bettors are going? Yeah, this is really, really key. So make sure that when you're betting the NFL you're not just waking up on a Sunday an hour before the game and placing your bet. You really want to exactly. get in the habit of, yeah, Ron, this is this is important. You want to look at when when lines first come out. Typically, it's, you know, Sunday night for the upcoming week. Be able to track those numbers throughout the week. Look at line movement. Look at how uh, lines developing over time. Obviously, you have low limits early when odds makers um, basically are only allowing you to bet a, a certain amount, a low number, so that they're not putting out a soft number get hit early. But then, you know, throughout the week, the limits will get raised. So looking at uh, steam moves, reverse line movement, um, any type of line freeze where it's heavy betting one side, yet the line doesn't move. But I'm a big fan of reverse line movement. That, to me, is a, an indication of sharp action. I always want to be on the same side of the professional bettors, the wise guys, the sharps. So if you see a huge majority of bets on one side, 
yet you see that line move away from the popular side toward the unpopular side. Let's just say the Patriots are getting 80% of spread bets. They open minus seven. Typically, you line a little further toward that favorite because books have to uh, adjust the line to entice betting the other side to limit their liability. But even though the Pats are getting eight out of 10 bets, they open minus seven, you see them fall to minus six and a half, minus six. That sort of reverse line movement is indicative of sharp action. And ideally, you'd want to jump on that opponent at seven before that line starts to move, pick off a, a late number there with, with a, or a sharp reverse line move. Let's pursue this a little bit further in terms of betting with the pros, but also against the public. We've talked in another podcast and another episode of this series about sharps versus squares and how sharp bettors are professional bettors. And squares, or if you want to put it another way, the public, bets maybe en masse in a particular way that you want to bet against. Yeah, we're talking about contrarian betting, betting against the public. Uh, This is important because... Again, the NFL is the most heavily bet sport overall. So when you're going contrarian, you want to do it in sports that generate the most public attention. And you can really capitalize on public bias. So uh, really high ticket count games, Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football. uh, These are the best opportunities to bet against the public and go contrarian. And remember, when you're betting against the public, you're playing that long game. You're knowing that. You know, I'm what we're walking into the bar on and whoever those that big drunk uh, group of guys at the bar screaming at the TV are betting on. We want to be on the other side because more often than not, the public loses. The house always wins, as we know. So knowing that going contrarian has a ton of value in the NFL, that's something you want to keep in your back pocket. You know, buying low on teams that had a bad week last week uh, oftentimes is a good idea because you can take advantage of recency bias. Again, public has a short attention span, so usually buying low, selling high situations like that can be very valuable betting the NFL. And speaking of the public, the public, when it comes to totals, over-unders, another way of putting it, they go a particular direction, don't they? Oh, always love to sweat an over if you're a public player. And even, you know, Ron, even I love sweating overs here and there. You know, they're, they're really fun because you want to root for points, and it's much more fun to sit down, watch a game, and uh, see a lot of action back and forth. But as a result, you know, the, bet, the the sports books, the odds makers, they know that the public loves betting overs, um, and they're going to shade these lines more uh, in favor to the over. So really taking advantage of a lot of unders in the NFL has a ton of value, especially divisional games. This is important too, Ron, because even when we're talking spreads, you know, teams inside the same division, divisional dogs perform much better against the spread covering the number than non-divisional dogs because of that built-in familiarity. Same thing with a lot of totals. Totals, you see more value on a lot of divisional unders because the opponents kind of know what to expect from one another. They know the uh, kind of tendencies, game plans, matchups. So leaning a lot of unders, especially if you see a total fall, public's almost always going to want to bet an over. So if you see a sharp under where a line's falling 44 and a half down to 44, 40, you know, 43 and a half, you can get that good number before it falls. A lot of value to go contrarian with not only road teams and dogs, but also sweating unders. Quick word on game officials. You can bet in terms of how they will affect the game, right? Yeah, this is uh, another thing that goes overlooked by a lot of new bettors, Ron, but uh, referees, officials, umpires, your, uh, the head ref of, your, of the crew is someone you want to be uh, aware of because they can have a lot of tendencies overall. You know, you, Again, they're human in the end, and they may be susceptible to crowd noise or the home team really getting on them, booing them nonstop. Uh, they want to be, you know, uh, appear to be by, appear to be um, impartial, but also it's kind of hard not to 
you know, 60,000 people screaming at you, you don't want to get on their bad side. So we see that as well. And sometimes you see a ref like Jerome Boger, very, very historically, um, you know, biased toward overs. Overs tend to do better. Uh, and that could be cause of throwing a lot of flags, pass interference. Another guy like Tony Crenty, he can really be uh, leaning toward a lot of unders. So researching your officials and your refs, it's not the only reason to bet a game, but it's definitely something you want to be aware of going into your bet. Never mind one lost record. What does it look like when you see a good team in terms of an NFL bet? Yeah, so I think depending on what type of better you are, you know, we all, uh, our goal is to, you know, set our own power ratings because that makes it a lot easier in the long run. And you'll be terrible at first, but the more you do it, you'll get better at it. And then you can look for discrepancies. But you have to ask yourself, you know, what are the most important stat categories to lean on? So some big ones are, Point differential, obviously, that's the easiest one. Points scored versus points given up. Uh, and our, our buddy Michael Lombardi at Beeson leans on a lot of first-half scoring differential because, you know, you, know, you kind of tailor the way you're going to play the rest of the game in the second half based on who's in the lead in the first half. So point differential, especially first half. Also, converting third downs, stopping third downs. Um, the turnovers, Ron, the mark of a bad team is a team who turns the ball over a lot. But really, it's leaning a lot of quarterbacks and coaches. It's really a quarterback driven league if you have a great qb you got a you got a shot if you have a terrible qb uh it's gonna be a long season coaching also can make a huge difference in the nfl so <laughs> find things that are important to you that you think are indicative of a winning team lean on those stat categories uh to help you when you cap a game i've never heard anyone gripe about a coach in the nfl not even a gambler <laughs> uh teasers we've talked about this is where you can actually buy your way to a better point spread you can't do it for free it costs money to move the number in your favor but you can change say if you're getting an underdog and you want more than six points you can drive it up to 12 get yourself through a couple of key numbers of seven and ten but it costs you more to do that and you have to bet these teams in multiples you can't just do it for one game so how do you use the teaser the right way in nfl betting yeah, you know, Ron, we've had a, a full episode, uh, definitely check it out, you know, talking about teasers and parlays and the fact that, you know, parlays in general are kind of what we call a penny slot where recreational bettors love betting them, but <laughs> yeah. they provide a, uh, a huge edge to the house. And uh, we kind of, uh, you and I are both of, of the mindset of avoiding parlays if you can because they just, huge profit to the house and uh, it, it's hard to win when you're a recreational better. But also teasers, you know, teasers are kind of in that same vicinity, however, Teasers can be more profitable uh, in the NFL if you really focus on a couple things. One is your classic two-team six-point teaser. You're picking out two gate, two uh, you know, teams that you like. You know, adding or subtracting six points. This is kind of a go-to for a lot of sharp uh, guys, especially you talk to odds makers in Vegas. Uh, two-team six-point teasers. They're usually about you know minus one ten, minus one twenty. You're just paying high juice. It's not a bad price. But the key with teasers in the NFL is that you want to go through key numbers. So at the beginning of today's episode, we talked about your key numbers, your threes, your sevens, your tens. You want to tease through as many key numbers as possible, just like you mentioned, Ron. So if you have a dog uh, at plus six that you see some value on, not a bad idea if you want to tease them up to plus 12 because you went through the key number of seven and the key number of 10 going from six to 12. So that's really important. So when you're teasing, don't just tease, oh, I, I like this team, but I want to get a few more points. Think about it strategically. Think about the fact that the more key numbers I can go through, the better off I'm going to be, the higher the uh, the chances are that I'm going to be able to cover uh, hopefully both of those bets and win your two-team two, two team six-point teaser. 
you don't simply have to bet the entire game in the NFL. You can bet parts of the game, and you can bet during the game, especially if you've got that app handy. Don't try to do this if you're at the sports book and it's crowded because you'll be in a line and you do it then and the conditions change. Do it with the app. But you can bet in-game. The numbers change as the game changes, and you can bet on parts of the game. Exactly, and there are different opportunities. The NFL, the more you get into it, the more you'll realize you know there are tons of options, which which is great. It, it provides more opportunities for sports bettors to maximize their edge. So obviously we're talking a lot about the full game odds, but you can bet first half, you can bet first quarter, you can bet second half, tons of opportunities overall. So you may see a team that, you know, you like a dog who you think is going to, you know, keep it close early, but may trail off at the end. And that, you know, we think about the Kansas City Chiefs. They were a team that really, really, you know, were, were even or down in a lot of games. But then Mahomes would go nuts, turn it, you know, turn it up in the second half and really just, you know, cover in the end and crush the opponent. So maybe you don't like a dog for the whole game. Maybe you like them early. Maybe you look at a first half bet. Uh, also, we're talking about, you know, weather, Ron. That can really have a big impact. Mm. You know, we talk a lot about spreads, but uh, totals, betting the over or the under, most uh, combined points from both teams. That's your second most popular way to bet the NFL. So uh, windy unders, that's huge. Anytime you have, you know, 10, 15 mile an hour winds or more, Great for the under, uh, but why is why is the under so helpful um, with windy games, Ron? Think that through with me. Oh, just try and see if a pass ends up on target when the wind's blowing, and if you have more passes that are off target, that means the ball doesn't move as quickly down the field and the scoring is lower. Exactly, wind is the the worst uh, kryptonite for an offense. Harder to throw it, you're going to run it more, you're going to chew up the clock, miss field goals, add that all up. Uh, great thing to look at when you're betting an under. So again, leaning a lot of windy unders is uh, another key edge that you can identify in the NFL. But kind of in the topic we were talking a second ago, maybe it's, you know, you would ideally love a windy game throughout, you know, all three, three and a half hours of a football game. But what if it's only going to be windy the first hour, hour and a half? Mm. Maybe you target a first half under. These are the sort of things you want to look at. And then also, you know, talking about live betting. Live betting is just exploding around, you know, kind of the culture we love live it. in today. So many opportunities and really kind of the instant gratification, being able to place a bet whenever you want. It's the fastest growing form of betting across pretty much every sport. Um, but maybe you like a team that uh, a favorite is down early, a fluky play. They get down 7 nothing, 10 nothing. Live line, look at an opportunity to in-game wager, get a better number overall. Um, but, Ron, what's your take on live lining? I mean, obviously it's blowing up, and the NFL is a good sport to take uh, to take advantage of. Oh, it's absolutely the best. Uh, the key is to, and this is we're really going to get into some nuances here, knowing how certain apps are driving their live betting. Are they using algorithms where basically it's like a bunch of robots that are sending the numbers to your phone or to your tablet? Or is a human being actually working with those algorithms? And I think it's important to try to delineate between them. This is where it really gets advanced, but eventually you learn over time which of these sports books and which of these apps react maybe a little bit more slowly to the nuances of the game. That's super important because again, whenever you're betting any sport, especially NFL, have multiple outs, you know, look at your live odds page where you can track the market in real time. Look for slow moving uh, sports books who are still hanging a good number where the rest of the market is moving. That's really, really important overall. Um, but then Ron, we also got to hit on, you know, scheduling in the NFL. That's really Absolutely. Yeah. Too. Buys. Buys and, and, and the fact that, you know, you're coming in off of these, these for instance, like you're, you're stuck with a Thanksgiving game at Dallas after you play on a Sunday, things like that. 
Yeah, that really, really is key because, um, you know, football players, it's kind of uh, maybe a little bit overplayed, but the body clock, the routine, the once a week, anytime one team has more time off or less team, less time off, that's something you want to be aware of. So, you know, go through your games each week, figure out which teams are on the bye week who, who are coming off a, um, a week off of rest. And that's key because time off to rest, rehab injuries, good coaches who can use that extra time to game plan. You know, we've seen a really big edge toward NFL favorites uh, coming off the bye week. Um, according to BetLab Sports, since 2003, they're around 59% covering the number. So that extra time really, really benefits the better team overall. They also get Thursday night football, short week. It's your only game on a Thursday, gets a lot of attention. Around 58% since 2003 covering the number for NFL favorites at home even better. So when both teams are on a short week, that that team, uh, usually that better team overall, better well coached, um, does better on the short week versus a, uh, you know, a team that maybe uh, doesn't have that extra time to prepare. And if you don't have to travel around too, that's huge too. So hmm. um, remember, pay attention to, to scheduling. That That's really, uh, really something you should keep an eye out for. That's a primer on some of the basics of betting an NFL game or within an NFL game. But how about the long view and NFL futures? We'll dive into that next on The Everything Guide. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Everything Guide to Sports Betting VSIM podcast continuing with Josh Applebaum, Ron Flatter here, and NFL Team Futures. Josh, why don't we just ask the simple question, what is a futures bet? Yeah, futures bet. Uh, not only can you bet on an individual game, but you can bet on something in the future that is maybe months and months away. So really a futures bet, you're betting on a long-term outcome where you're going to have to have some patience because whether you're betting on who will win the, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup, Major League Baseball, uh, the World Series, March Madness, but really here um, you're talking about the Super Bowl. So you're betting on something in the future, whether a team will win the Super Bowl, their division, their conference, MVP, Heisman Trophy, you're betting on something in the future. And this is, this can provide a lot of opportunities to maximize and, and really pad your bankroll over time by just, um, you know, hopefully placing a good futures bet, maybe forget about it, cash it later. Uh, it's always a good thing when you can cash a futures bet. We're talking about a market that is actually working around the clock, around the calendar, because once the Super Bowl ends, the next Super Bowl campaign begins, and there are already odds posted for the following year's Super Bowl even during the one that's being played. And it works like that in all sports. Who does this really appeal to, Josh, these kinds of bets? Yeah, so obviously the Super Bowl, you know, betting Super Bowl futures, that gets a lot of attention overall. But it's really with a lot of casual bettors. Uh, you know, a lot of times you'll see bettors just bet on their favorite teams just because, you know, they're from Philly and they want to bet the Eagles and hopefully cash that futures ticket. But um, a lot of times, you know, a lot of sharp bettors will kind of be careful with a lot of futures bet because, you know, a lot of times you're going to see uh, a lot of these prices really juiced up. So a lot of your, um, you know, you know, kind of calculating implied probability, you're often paying not a great price overall. But you can look at maybe some long shots, try to cash a bet. You can also look at hedging opportunities where, you know, you place a future on a team and maybe they don't win at all, but they make it to the final four or the championship game. And then you can maybe bet the other side and try to guarantee yourself a profit. But um, I would definitely be aware of big favorites. A lot of times you're really yeah. not getting a, a great number on and there, again there's no such thing as a sure bet so even though it, something looks like a lock um we all know that usually it doesn't uh, end up that way and really be careful with this because the temptation is that you've been waiting all year for football season or maybe your sport is basketball or hockey or baseball or whatever it may be you've waited all this time to make that bet but remember, you're going to want to bet through the season, so don't blow all your money on that one futures play. Yeah, having liquidity is important because uh, if you bet a ton of futures, which can be appealing and you can find some value, you know, if you tie up your bankroll for the next six months, then you don't have a lot of money to spend throughout the year to take advantage of games, you know, uh, each week. Um, another thing, Ron, is win totals. Win totals are really big in the NFL. The odds makers basically what they'll do is um, they'll uh, during the off season put out a number for every team and you can bet on whether or not that team will go over or under that win total. So I've definitely found a lot of value in win totals over the years looking at what I like to look at is obviously, you know, do your research, do your capping, lean on a lot of stability teams that are returning a lot of starters, same quarterback, same coach, stuff like that. Look at maybe how lucky or unlucky they got the previous year. But I like looking at juice because win totals will be mm -hmm. juiced up typically one way or the other. And what does that mean? It means that the books are, um, maybe leaning on, it kind of gives you insight into where some sharp action has come in. So, you know, for example, you may see a team that looks terrible, their win total is low, the public loves betting overs uh, in general with win totals, 
but maybe you see uh, a juiced up under on a team that is popular and across the board their win total is eight and a half but everyone is eight and a half minus 120 to the under minus 130 to the under if yeah. you can see market consensus on juiced win totals to me that's really really important because that's telling you that sharp action has come in and the books are kind of in unison leaning on maybe an under eight and a half okay they like that team to go eight and eight or worse that uh, that year remember with win totals you have to bet before the season begins for that particular team, it's not like you can jump in in the middle of the season. However, you can jump in in the middle of the season on the futures play. And so let's say you have a team that's really short-priced. Doesn't it behoove you to uh, think that maybe you'll want to bet them when they pick up the inevitable loss? Yeah, yeah, ex exactly, Ron. Because, you know, you look at teams, and again, remember, the, the Super Bowl futures will be adjusted each week depending on how each you know each week is gone. A team loses, obviously their, their, uh, their numbers will get better in terms of bigger payout. They keep winning, their number will get lower, more of a favorite, less of a payout. So, for example, you love the Chiefs, you know, it's better to bet them to win the Super Bowl coming off a loss than a win because maybe you get, maybe it goes from, you know, plus 500 to plus 550 coming off a loss. So, also buying low on some injuries. You know, we saw Mahomes go down with an injury in 2019. And, you know, as a result, you know, the, the odds tanked, but we knew he was coming back. So kind of buying low, selling high, that's something you always want to look at. And remember, off a loss, you're always going to get more value than off a win. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, with that, you know, I remember the world was ending in Kansas City and the media had basically written off the Chiefs the moment Mahomes got hurt, even though we all knew it wasn't going to last for very long, at least his injury. So don't get sucked into the maw of the hype. Yeah, that's the biggest thing overall. Uh, one of the tenets of being a good sports better uh, is not falling into the media hype, the media bias. Uh, and again, we saw it with, you know, when the, uh, the Cleveland uh, Browns, they had a big off season where they got Odell Beckham and a lot of times with win totals, especially, um, you know, you'll see kind of a, a hype or a bias get created of a, a narrative and you'll never want to fall into that. Make decisions on your own, use your head, uh, not your heart. And oftentimes bucking trends, bucking conventional wisdom can provide much more, uh, much better payouts and much smarter bets in the long run. I've always been saying that you really should go buck conventional wisdom. Anyway, uh, <laughs> one of the things that you wanted to in Las Vegas is shop for a better price and make sure you don't just lean on one book. And if there's anything that you can find a big variety of prices on, it's futures betting because books really don't agree. And you can find good prices if you look at one book and say, that one's bad, go somewhere else. That is so important. No matter what sport you're betting, no matter what type of bet you're betting, you know, if you take one thing out of and out of our show in general, Ron, out of our podcast, shop for the best line. You want to buy a car, don't go down the street to your, your closest dealership and pay whatever they're offering. Look around, do your homework, open up multiple accounts at several different sports books. You know, with sports betting legalization really sweeping the country, you have so many books popping up. And as a result, you're going to have better prices. So do your homework, get better numbers, try to maximize your payouts, limit your losses. You'll be very glad that you took the time to to shop around because uh, especially if you get a, a plus three and a half a hook versus a plus three difference between a win a loss and a push really really important long term so you went to uvm did you cross the line to buy your car in new hampshire because there was no sales tax or have i got that backward <laughs> exactly no sales tax ron yeah we always love new hampshire but uh yeah that, that's really key you always want to be a data driven better you want to pay the best number overall uh and i'll throw in this ron as as we as we depart here looking at 
Correlative betting, just one thing to add here. You know, when you're betting on dogs, looking at underdogs with a low total oftentimes is great because lower amount of uh, points scored expected, easier for that uh, dog to keep it close, harder for the favorite to cover. Looking at favorites with high totals, you know, 45, 50 or higher. Typically, you lean on favorites with high totals because more expected points scored, easier for that favorite to cover the number. So remember, dogs you like low totals, faves you like high totals, just something to keep in mind. A lot to keep in mind on the NFL. You can hear that even as we're wrapping up here, we're thinking of things that we can add in and add in and add in. And so if you tune to places like VSIN, we know you tune to other places as well to listen for tips. Keep listening. Keep those ears open. Keep your mind open. And have a supple mind when it comes to betting because you never stop learning in this game. And that's why we keep looking for all of the information that we can get before we bet on the NFL. You look for information, don't you, Josh? Always. You're only as good as the information you lean on, Ron. And a uh, good craftsman never blames his tools. Someone someone famous said that. I don't know who. Yeah, I, I can't remember who it was. Uh, usually it's a good craftsman who looks at me and calls me a tool, but that's another matter altogether. With Josh Applebaum, I'm Ron Flatter. You have been checking out the NFL. We hope you check it out and make a profit. Thanks to uh, a little bit of help from the Everything Guide to Sports Betting from VSIN. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.